0: This week, Music Biz Weekly Podcast, two hot topics. One, Instagram and Facebook Reels. You better be checking them out. You better be putting content into them. Two, the evolving roles of distributors, management companies, and record labels. It's getting pretty blurry out there about who does what because they all have the ability to do the same thing these days
1: welcome to the music biz weekly podcast founded in 2011 and with over 500 weekly episodes where michael brandvold and jay gilbert two longtime music industry pros discuss the very latest trends tools and tactics that you need to succeed in this new music business
2: on website in minutes with Zugel.
0: Go to bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription.
1: Thousands of musicians and industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship. Visit musicbizweeklypodcast.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate
0: your support. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm Michael Brandwell, and of course, I'm always joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing, Jay? Doing great. Where are you this morning? I am down in Watsonville, California. Where's that? Two hours south of basically san francisco down near santa cruz monterey um there's a, a great little beach down here that we came to a few years ago over spring break it's my daughter's spring break so nice came down here got a vacation rental for a few days we literally step out the the back door here and we're right on the beach and um the you know i'm starting to learn the history of watsonville and i mean we're just surrounded by strawberry farms all mm. over the place just awesome. strawberry farms strawberry farms and martinelli's apple juice 150, 153 years it's been produced here in watsonville so we're we probably probably tomorrow or the next day we're going to go over to that martinelli's apple juice factory and tasting room and oh get a little history on that's awesome on apple juice yeah um but yeah i mean it's 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 kind of a cool little hole in the wall town Yeah. Nice. it's quiet and it's peaceful and you know you don't have to drive 10 hours to get here we're on the beach we're gonna go to the monterey bay aquarium tomorrow oh, yeah. and very cool go, go up to the santa cruz beach boardwalk on saturday and yeah. Nice. Good times. Good times. Yeah, so. Good. Enjoy.
2: Thanks for taking the time out of your vacation to uh, chat with everybody. Yeah, I told,
0: cool. I, I, I told everybody, you go sit in the bedroom and be quiet now. <laughs> 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 um, so before we get into this week's talk, just a quick shout out um, to Bruce and everybody at HypeBot and bands in town. Thank you so much. And I don't think I'm Jumping the gun on this, I can we can formally announce our artist community now, I think. I think we can. So head over to, and I created this special URL so it's a nice, easy URL to remember. Bands Town dot Weekly podcast dot com. Bands in town dot podcast dot com takes you straight. To the artist community, Music Biz Weekly section on the Bands in Town artist community page, where you can sign up. It's free to sign up. It's a great little artist, com- artist, industry community. Yep. Um, lots of other stuff going on there. They're doing they're doing webinars. They're doing ask me anything with people in the industry. Um, but we've been able to set up a little home for the music Biz Weekly podcast with bands in town there, and you're going to find all the episodes moving forward there. Jay and I are going to be hanging out playing moderator and yeah. band hammers and all that other stuff that mm-hmm. goes along with it. No, no, I, I, I assume everybody's going to be well-behaved. So we won't have to ban anybody, but we're going to be there. Post your questions. Homework answers, anything along those lines that you want to discuss, we're going to be there. Yeah. So town dot podcast dot com. Check it out. I think you're going to find it very useful. It's just a great little social network yeah. for musicians and people in the industry. Yeah, come engage with us. Yeah, please do. Please do. Um, so, and of course we want to thank our sponsors. Thank you to bandzoogle.com built by musicians for musicians. Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Bandzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including. Hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission free, commission free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and of course, live tech support from their musician friendly team seven days a week. We put together a great little offer for all of our listeners. Head over to bandzoogle.com. Register, try it for free for 30 days, and when you register, use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, MUSICBIZWEEKLY, and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription. And of course, thank you so much to DiscMakers.com. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's musicians. Digital royalty payments can be so small that selling products like CD, vinyl, T-shirts at gigs and online has become such an important income generator. For every CD you sell at a gig, you might need roughly 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. That's a lot of streams. Our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl. USB drives, and even T-shirts. So we've put together another great offer for the Music Biz Weekly listeners out there. Head over to discmakers.com, place an order for 100 or more CDs, and check out with the promo code FREEBIZ, all one word, FREEBIZ, and you'll save up to $150 in shipping costs. Um, so, uh we had a no-show guest today. You know, we won't, we won't get into that, but Jay and I, <laughs> Jay and I vented privately before we hit the record, but maybe we'll do a show about that at some point, because yeah. I think it's something, you know, artists can learn from as well. Absolutely. Um, so, but we picked a couple, couple topics to talk about. One of them we'll talk about real briefly. And the second one we'll dig into deeper. um, I wanted to just talk about and make mention of Instagram and Facebook reels. And as a DIY musician, as as any musician, part of what you got to be doing is paying attention to what's changing in the landscape, in social media, but tools that you can use to promote stuff. Always changing every month, every year, some, you know, used to be stories were the hot thing and you know then TikTok and TikTok's definitely the hot thing still but reels Facebook and Instagram reels are hot 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 right now and think of it as simply it's Instagram and Facebook's version of TikTok that's that's all it is it's pretty much identical it's the same Size, video, tall, vertical, vertical bite-sized chunks. Yeah, bite-sized chunks. I think Instagram Reels and Facebook Reels are 60-second maximum length videos. TikTok did just roll out their 10-minute max length. I will bet you anything that it won't be long before Facebook and Instagram increase the length of the videos. You can also post to their Reels. But why I wanted to make quick, quick mention of this is for about the last month, I've been really diving heavily into Reels and creating assets that format for Reels and then posting Reels. Um, just because, again, I'm hearing so much about it and see if this is really worth it. And obviously, you know, as the saying goes, your mileage might vary. But I kid you not. I've got some clients where I'm getting just looking at reach. And of course you can look at reach and you can look at plays and you know all sorts of other analytics that Facebook Facebook and Instagram, but especially in Instagram, there's a lot of analytics you can get in the back end of Instagram if you've converted to a business profile. I kid you not, I'm seeing some of these clients that are getting, 100 times the reach with a reel That's
2: versus incredible. a
0: standard Instagram post and or a stories mm-hmm. right or, oh please stories from what I'm when I review you go in the stats in Instagram you can look at reach for posts reach for stories reach for videos reach for reels stories are dead I mean, what I'm seeing right now, it's just, it's crickets. Because first of all, a story is only limited to 15 seconds. Right. And a story only lasts 24 hours and then it's gone. And it disappears. And I got to tell you, that was one of the things when they first introduced stories years ago, I'm like, what is the point of that? Why would I, as a marketer, want to post something? That's got an important message that's gone in 24 hours. If you missed it, yeah, it's not there anymore. And chances um, are most people will miss it. Will miss it. So, uh, but yes, yeah, stories from what I'm seeing, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's crickets. I, my prediction is we will soon see stories, not, entirely removed but i think relegated to the back of everything it's no longer going to be front and center it's no longer going to be the priority it's going to be reels and again i'm seeing a hundred times reach coming out of video reels and you know they stay forever it's video you put all the regular copy you want that reel can be posted to your regular feed, as well as to the Reels section. Um, Facebook is populating Reels to the general public. So as, as their algorithms work, if it starts getting traction, it starts getting shown outside of just who your followers are, um, you've got to be looking at Reels right now. You've got to be playing with Reels and to last week's episode, if you don't know how to create them, get yourself on Canva. You can create reels in a matter of minutes. Nice. It's so freaking simple. It's, it's very much driven by hashtags. I mean, you got to really think about the hashtags you're using, but you better be, you better be using reels. I mean, almost right now is your primary piece of content that you post. Now, the one downside, people, is the only way you can post to Reels right now is from a mobile device. It's not supported on desktop. It's not supported on the iPad tablet. You got to use your mobile phone, the mobile Facebook app, the mobile Instagram app to post to Reels. Again, it's just a matter of time before that changes. So it makes it a little more challenging for creating your workflow. You might have to move everything over to your iPhone. Um, It's all doable. And I just saw, I think it was yesterday, Facebook announced they're going to start creating I haven't read the full article, but they're going to start allowing third-party apps to put share to reels buttons in. So when you go to a website and it says share to Facebook, share to Instagram, there is going to have a share to reels, which is going to open this up and make it a lot easier for all of us moving forward too. So again, that's just telling me, It won't be long before the HootSuites of the world, um, the Publers of the world, I use Publer, whatever app you might use to manage posting across all your social networks, won't be long before those are probably going to have an API to support posting to Reels as well. Yeah. Yeah, I would only add to that,
2: Michael, that this is your opinion but it's also shared by a lot of professionals that I deal with. Like, let's take uh, Philip Bailey over at Artist Advocates. Um, for months now, he's moved completely away you know, from stories and it's 100% reels. Yep. And, that's, and he's doing this across dozens of artists, right? Um, you have clients, a lot of these agencies have clients. So don't take Michael's word for it. This is a trend we're seeing throughout the industry.
0: It, it it definitely is that, and that's why I got into it. I'm start. I was seeing all these people talking and talking and talking. I was like, you know, I got to check this out. And and the nice thing about creating a reel is that's the same piece of content you can post to your TikTok as well. I mean, it's the same size. It can be the same video. It can be the same copy. It can be the same hashtags. You know, because I, you know, like you, Jay, I'm all about efficiencies. I don't want to have to create some special one-off piece of content for one unique platform. I'd like to create one video that I can post to a Facebook reel, an Instagram reel, a TikTok page. Uh, yeah. You know, it it just makes it more efficient. So. That, that, the, the, the only thing for somebody like me who manages multiple clients is it is more work because none of these third-party programs allow me to set up and schedule reels to go to six different accounts. I'm constantly, you know, on my iPhone, Instagram only, I think it only lets you log into five accounts at a time. So if I'm managing 10 accounts, I'm constantly logging yeah. out, logging in, logging out, logging in. Do you use one of those programs? I think you do um, like a
2: Sprout, Hootsuite, Hey Orca, you know, one of Publer. those that helps Publer's you. Publer is what I use. Oh, Publer is one of those. And I'm wondering when those companies will aggregate and make that simpler for all of these things in one.
0: Well, it, it, it it will happen, but what most users don't realize, it's not that Hootsuite or Publer or Sprout don't want to do it. Of course. They are, they are limited by the API that Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, you name it, all these social networks create APIs that third-party apps then can use. But they limit what you can do with that API. Yeah. Yeah. So, right now, those APIs written by Instagram and Facebook that allow you to post to a page or to an Instagram account, they have, they provide no support for Reels. So, they're just waiting, these third party apps are just waiting for the API to be rewritten. You know, like TikTok. Publer sort of supports TikTok in that you can set up the post, you can schedule the post, but then it just sends a reminder to your phone and says, hey, you need need to to log into TikTok and post it. And that's not
2: automation. It's really more of a reminder. It's
0: not automation. That's the way Instagram used to be until about, I don't know, maybe a year ago. If, if, if you've been using these programs and you remember early on, Instagram supported no third-party apps, none. And the way they got around it is they pseudo-scheduled it and then popped up and said, okay, copy this, paste it into Instagram, and post it yourself. So TikTok is currently that way. It's an evolving game out there and and i respect the why they want to evolve it because these apis need to be solid they they can't have you know they they can't be broken in a way that somebody hacks an api and then hacks an instagram account right you know they 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 want they want to make sure people don't use these to become pure spammers and all this other stuff so it's coming i know it well the way reels are taking off it will eventually be there. You just kinda kind of do it manually now. But yes, as you, as you were saying, Jay, I, this isn't just my, my opinion. I, a lot of people are having these opinions. And as I started out, your mileage may vary. You know, some of my clients are seeing, you know, 10, 20 times improvement with a reel. Some of them I'm seeing a hundred times improvement let me just tell you, they're all seeing vast improvements in reach using reels over a a standard post. Yeah,
2: I would love to hear from some of our viewers and listeners that are doing that, what their um, results are, and if they try it. I'd, I'd really like to hear
0: back. Um, well, there, there you like go. That? Head over, head over to the Music Biz Weekly community on the Bands in Town Artist Community page. Yeah. And let us know what your experience is using Reels, even TikTok. Because again, I sort of look at TikTok, Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, they're all the same. You know, we, we, we know, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg has come right out and said he's, he's out to get TikTok. And that's what Reels is. And if you know and pay attention, that means... Reels are Facebook's priority moving forward more than your pages, more than your Facebook groups, more than live videos. They're going to put everything they got into Instagram and Facebook Reels because they want to take down TikTok. I don't think it's going to happen, but that just means it's better for us as the user because we're going to get a lot of cool new things, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, all right. So, yes, head over to the Bands in Town artist community and let us know your experience with Reels and TikTok. Um, the other topic, Jay, which is getting to be kind of a cloudy and murky topic out yeah, there. Yeah, it used to be is, so clear. Yeah, it's, it's labels versus distributors. Yeah. What do they do what, what's different about them? What can you expect each of them to do for you? Yeah, what are the roles and responsibilities? Because I hear this all
2: the time, from my friends that work at distributors, they'll get calls from people asking them to do things that aren't really part of what they do. It's not their role or their responsibilities. So um, a while back, I wrote this thing uh, for Bruce uh, over at HypeBot, and they, they posted kind of what the differences are between labels and distribution. But the problem with that is that it's evolving and it's changing. Like, it's changed while we've been having this discussion. So, you know, l- let me just run down where kind of where it was, and, and we can talk about where it's going. I, I will kind of preface it by saying I had a this big artist manager who was saying why why should i go through this um, major indie uh, distributor and a major indie for those that don't know is you know the orchard it's you know in grooves it's ada that that type of thing he's saying why should i go through that when i can drop myself on a diy distributor you know like a tunecore or cd baby and I keep the lion's share of the revenue. And there's nothing wrong with DistroKid or CD Baby. or Those are all great for what they do. But what I told him is, by going through this particular major indie, they he's got someone that he can call. He's got someone. It's problem solving. You have something wrong on your socials, or there's a mix-up on a DSP, or there's some kind of screw-up. I can immediately call over to my label manager and get stuff fixed now. It can be challenging depending on the the DIY distributor you go to only because of the sheer volume that they're dealing with. So let's take a look at these two things and then we'll talk this is where it was and we can kind of talk about where it's going. So
0: yeah, go I was going to say I was going to say let, let let's go all the way back to like, you know, the 80s, even the 90s. The roles were much, clearly, much more clearly defined between a label and a distributor. Yeah. In, in the purest sense back then, and this will, I think, help explain how they've evolved. A label did everything. You got signed to a label. The label distributed your music for you. They marketed your music. They promoted your music. They did everything for you. Yeah. And... You know, we can. We don't have to get into the, the the deals. They they take a chunk of your income because they're fronting all of this money and work for your release. Yeah, they're building just, the
2: product. They're storing the product. They're shipping the product. They're they're doing all those transactions with the yes. accounts as far as credit, all of that. And their field reps back in the in the days that you're talking about there were distribution branches in all the major markets from all the major labels. So they would go, they would have reps. I was one of them and you would go into tower records, for example, and you would count the, the hits every week and you would order product. That's distributions role was to distribute. They made sure that those CDs, vinyl cassettes, everything got to where it needed to be that there was advertising set up around it, right? There was marketing. If there were returns, they would take care of that. It was, uh, it was pretty utilitarian. A lot of that work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So labels, labels did everything. A distributor back then was one, pretty much one role. They took music that was given to them and they put it into a store. That was it. They were done. They had no responsibility for marketing it. They had no responsibility for promoting it. They weren't getting you on radio. They weren't getting you tour support. They weren't giving you money to go into the studio to record an album. They got the music out to a retailer. For the most part, that was a distributor's role. Now, again, you got to think back into the 80s. It wasn't the average person off the street couldn't just walk into a distributor and get their garage band put into the distribution channel. But that kind of shows where all this started. Just, and, and that distributor might have been who the record label used. To get their product out there. Yeah.
2: Usually it was part of the same company. Same I would company. argue that yeah. there was marketing. Distribution, you know, from you know the 60s on was split into sales and marketing teams. And yes, the labels did their marketing and their advertising, but distribution, because they collected that distribution fee they had discretionary dollars as well. So they would not only put things on sale at different retailers, but they'd create marketing things like posters and stickers and all sorts of promotional things. And they would hold events. And, you know, there was some
0: marketing going on,
2: but but it was so different than it is today.
0: Yeah. Well, but even different than the label, meaning they, they, they wouldn't have, In-house publicists that would be arranging you interviews. They wouldn't have in-house. Yeah, that was more um, the label had their in-house radio promoters who were calling the radio station. They didn't have tour tour staffs. You know, their job was to get the product into a store. Yeah, so and to make sure it sold. And make sure it sold. And make sure if it sold out, more product was getting into it. Yeah, you know, and they would work close with a label. Mm-hmm. And they would work close. Hey, if this artist is coming to town. We better make damn sure we got product for that artist in tower records. But the way things have evolved, as we've talked about, it's kind of all gotten thrown into a pot now because these businesses, whether they are distributors or labels are looking for new revenue streams. And it's mainly distributors that are becoming more like labels rather than the other direction. Because a distributor is like, well, why can't we sign an artist to an exclusive distribution deal? And one of the benefits we'll bring to the table is we'll we'll pony up some marketing money. Yeah, typically in, in years past.
2: distributors weren't really the ones that were giving advances to bring talent. That was on the label side. So let me, I'm going to run through just a couple of points. Generally speaking, this is what a distributor does and this is what a label does. So uh, a distributor, global digital distribution and monetization, physical and digital product release coordination, best practices and troubleshooting across DSPs, Uh, surface insights so they they do provide insights analytics you know dashboards that sort of thing so you can see what's going on with your music they pitch to the dsps for playlists and marketing support Mm -hmm. through their label and artist relations teams content id and channel optimization with youtube rights management which is really really important we'll talk about that in a second pitching for syncs and that, I put that with an asterisk because a lot of distributors now have a sync team or a sync company, but it's not the same as a standalone you know, sync company. And we can talk about that a little bit more. And then the last thing, they're all doing pseudo videos now or art tracks. For those that don't know, that's just the album art with the audio bed. They're automatically generated by most distributors now because a lot of people listen to music on YouTube. Okay, that's distribution. The label, though, the label has the release strategy and the marketing plan that comes from artist management label, that whole, you know, release strategy, branding, marketing plan. And as you pointed out, Michael, they're responsible for radio, publicity, most sync licensing, photography and branding, a lot of advertising, a lot of that marketing strategy, a lot of online assets, like you were talking about reels and and things like that. That's really from the label standpoint, mm-hmm. making sure that all those assets, because there's a canva, uh, you know, Spotify Canvas video, or there's uh, reels, or there's TikTok, and then there's pseudo videos and lyric videos and concept videos and all of that stuff, that's that's from the creative of the label. And then the last thing is, you know, things like events, except for in stores. Typically, in stores are handled by distribution, but a lot of the events that happen with artists are really coordinated through the label. Now, that's there was a church and state, you know, when that was in place. But as what we're talking about now is these lines are being blurred. I'm seeing distributors do things that are on this label list.
0: They're, they're building their own marketing and promotion departments to benefit, not necessarily benefit every single artist that's signed to the distributor, but the top level artists that they've signed to a Mm -hmm. better, a better deal, a better relationship. They felt that, you know, your band, you know, and, and a lot of times it might be somebody who's had some history in the past. They've gone through major labels. They've gone through indie labels. They've Maybe got a they catalog. have a base. They own a catalog of music. Maybe not the whole catalog, but the last six albums they've done themselves. A distributor is like, well, we want all of that stuff distributed through us. We want that back catalog. You've got some history. You, you're able to go out and tour on your own. There's an opportunity to sell. We're going to give you a better distribution deal. And we're sweetening that by throwing in some of this stuff that traditionally a label might have done, or if you were without a label, you were paying out of your own pocket to do. Yeah. I think the best thing
2: um, that I've heard from a distribution executive was look, it used to be that we would throw gasoline on your fire, we didn't start your fire. Right. The label and management and the team starts the fire. But now that's blurring. It used to be like that. But now, to your point, they know what their top performers are as far as revenue. And they're starting to go, okay, we can not only grow this by putting in a little marketing budget to kind of help push it along, but also they don't want to lose that, let's say, catalog by some, you know, some label or some manager that says, well, why am I paying this distribution fee for catalog? Because as we all know, there aren't a lot of opportunities in streaming for catalog yet. It's so based on new hit developing artists. Once it's out, I always say, you know, the DSPs know more about your music than you do. Once it's out, they know who's playing it, where they're playing it, what their behavior is. And it's, really true with catalog there's not a lot of creativity today going into catalog promotion so in order to hold on to that a distributor saying look we got to be we got to work harder we're going to have to maybe go pursue more sync licenses maybe pursue some more brand uh, collaborations you know maybe we're going to put a little bit more money into you know, um, marketing and advertising. Maybe we need to beef up our sync, you know, like for example, over at uh, Symphonic, they have a whole division called Bodega, which is specific to sync licensing because let's face it, all of these things that were ancillary revenues with, with the low amount that you make from streaming, you have to look at merch, touring, sync, partnerships. I mean, you have, you have to look at all of that in order to
0: survive today. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think, you know, what, what, what this all boils down to is you've got to understand the deal you're signing with a distributor, of course, with a label, but you've got to, dis- you've got to understand what are the services are going to bring to the table. I worked with a client, oh, I don't know, eight years ago who signed a deal for a new album with a distributor. The distributor did their job in distributing the product and getting it up on digital services. The client was wondering why they weren't paying for a publicist, why they weren't hiring a radio person. I was like, because it's a pure distributor that you signed with. That's not their role no your role is to do that you're going to have to pay for that stuff their job is to get your product out there keep it out there and help you move and do the best they can digital and physical yeah so you can't you can't i I think what it comes down to is you can't assume everybody's going to do the full suite of services that a that you would think a record label would do with these days. That's right. You can't assume that because if you assume that you're going to find yourself in a situation where they're going to be like, no, we're not hiring that publicist. And you're going to like, I got to pay 2000 a month for a publicist. Yeah. If you want this to happen, you're going to have to do that. And you know now you've got an unexpected expense in front of you. Yeah, you got to clearly know what they're going to do. It's it's not as as um, undefined when you're going with TuneCore or CD Baby. That's although I got to tell you, I've encountered clients every once in a while who are like, "Oh, well, how come TuneCore is not doing anything more for me?" It's like, yeah, TuneCore Tune is not going to do anything for anybody. And it's not not fault of TuneCore. That's what they are. They they, well, they service yeah. they service the long tail of everybody out there. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of artists. They can't provide marketing right. for everybody. I would
2: only caveat that with they do, but it's a very like to your point. There's such a mass. Amount. I mean, we were looking at the stats for DistroKid, and something like close to forty percent of what's uploaded every week is going through DistroKid. Distro they can't possibly put marketing and attention to all of that. So, what do they do? They look at the top whatever percent. I don't know what that percent is. Let's just say it's a top two percent. But they look at those where and they and I have been involved with CD Baby with marketing, but it's. They can't do that with everybody who uploads music. And the other thing I wanted to make sure we talked about is that we're talking label and distribution. The other one that's quietly creeping in here is artist management and artist management companies are now becoming more like
0: labels. They're doing a lot of this.
2: And that started with, you know, people like, um, you know, Irving Azoff was pretty early on that. Um, Howard Kaufman was very early on that, you know, where... Now it gets really interesting because do you need a label today? I'm not one of those people who will bash labels because I've seen what a great team at a label can do. Um, but some of these management companies are going, well, wait a second, I can hire a publicist. I can hire a sync licensing team.
0: Well, I can they have hire, one on staff.
2: I can hire Mike or Jay to help do some campaign with us on the marketing side. But they're also, deciding that they don't want to let go of those masters right and and that's another thing and they will in in many instances
0: partner with a distributor like a label would exactly exactly you know uh if if a management team has a deep roster of bands they'll go to a distributor and say i can bring 12 artists to you if you cut me a great distribution deal and maybe even in advance And and in advance, and they have a person on staff who's a publicist, a person on staff who does radio, a person on staff who's in charge of tour coordination. Yeah, you're right. All of a sudden, these bigger management firms look a lot like a record label just because they've got their own distribution relationship with somebody. That's right. So, it's
2: becoming more and more popular. The last thing I'll say on it is that my company, Label Logic, we have two clients right now that we act as their label. When you see the releases, let's say in a store, it doesn't have our name necessarily on it. We're kind of that white label. We provide label services. There's a lot of companies out there that provide. Label services, meaning they do all the kind of the grunt work that a label does, whether it's getting ISRC codes or, you know, getting the release cycle together and getting all the assets and project management and all of that. So you don't necessarily need a label, some might, but you need a team. And you need to know the difference between what what is management going to do for you, what is a label going to do for you, and what is a distributor gonna do for you.
0: Yeah, again, it's still, it all comes down to, you have to have a clear understanding of that team and what they will do for you. Is this person gonna book me shows? Not book shows. Is this person going to advance shows that somebody else books? or not advance my shows? Are they going to arrange VIP meet and greets? Or are they not going to? Are they gonna do merchandising for me? It's, it's very blurry out there, and that's not a bad thing. No, It just means you've gotta do your homework and go, well, this person's interested in me. What exactly are they going to do for me? Because if they're not gonna do these two things, I still have to fill that hole with somewhere else. Yeah, you don't want to sign a deal, book a tour, and then go. All right, so how's my tour merch coming along? Oh, we're not a merch company. What do you mean? I got one week to get all my shirts produced for the tour. Yeah, not my job. I mean, job. and that 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 happens mm-hmm. because there's a lot of assumptions that go on in this business. I'm assuming you do that for me. No. Yeah. You don't got assume it
2: you got to ask and you got to get it in writing what everybody's roles and responsibilities are. Um, We have a, you know, with our company, we have this onboarding uh, document and most, I'm sure you have one and most, most uh, companies do. And it's good to ask all of those questions up front and make sure everybody at the table knows what everyone's roles and responsibilities are. Because if you don't do that from the start, you run into what you just described where you're in the middle of a campaign and go, well, I thought you were going to do that. It's like, yeah. That's that's not my
0: role. Who's you know, I've run into artists who are just like, uh, who's deciding the price of my CD when it what we're selling it for? Well, I'm the marketing person, I don't set your price. Well, I'm the booking agent, I don't set the price. Well, you've got a distribution deal with TuneCord. They you know, they only have limited responsibilities. So yeah, you just gotta you gotta got to be prepared you got to understand i mean if let's put it this way if you're doing a self service sign up with anybody you can pretty much assume they're going to do nothing unless at some point you get an email from somebody going hey you're doing gangbusters we'd like to talk about upping your service but if you're just going to any website where it's like fill out the form who you are put in your payment information you're going to be responsible for everything. That's right. That's exactly
2: right. Yeah. I mean, even AWOL, they were for years it was if you reach certain tiers, certain things could kick in. And I think that's true with a lot of distributors. I mean, why would they put resources and time with something that's not hitting certain numbers? They have to focus on what's driving the business. It
0: just, it's a business. Yeah. And 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 that's not to say you couldn't be the the one to make the move. I mean, you could be on TuneCore or CD Baby and land an incredible three-month tour across the U.S. opening for somebody great. It would be in your best interest not to wait for them to call you, to contact them and go, hey, you know, this is happening. Can we do something more here? Can you help? They might say no. That's the worst they can do is say no but they might say, Oh, Hey, thanks for letting us know. Yeah. If you're going to be playing in front of 3000 people a night for the next three months, we want to make sure we're getting more sales out of this. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say on, on these
2: DIY distributors is I don't want to sound like they don't do anything. They, they are very good at being distributors. And a lot of them like, you know, let's take uh, CD baby, for example, they have really great resources. So you can learn about the business yep. and, and they yep. help you and they have a great conference and uh, podcast. And so, you know, this is not a slam against DIY things, but just realize that there's only so many hours in a day and they need to focus on what's driving their business.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, you know, Labels are changing. Distributors are changing. Management companies are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. E- e- even individual artists mm-hmm. are changing to the point where some artists might sit here and go, well, I want a more exclusive deal with an indie distributor, major indie, because I got some major touring plans. I got some major money behind me. I'm going to do all this. You know, it's, it's worth it to inquire and go are you interested in distributing me yeah yeah um, all right so you know once again if you've got experience with you know a distributor who does label work if you've got experience with a manager who's doing label work in any of this stuff where you started with with you know a cd baby and a tune core but they d- came to you and said we will start doing more for you. I'd love to hear your experiences with this. What do you think of all this? Head over to bandsintown.musicbizweeklypodcast.com. Let us know. Let's talk about this because it's a it's a fast changing world as you said, Jay. I mean, you know, it's changed in in the last 45 minutes. Yeah, in. it's changed while we've been having this
2: conversation, but we'll, exactly. continue, to, we'll continue to talk about it. But I, I love that you brought up the bands in town, uh, musicbizweekly.com. Um, I'm looking forward to engaging with uh, our, our listeners and viewers there.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to be there. So let's engage. If you got other questions outside of this episode, let's post them there. Let's talk as well. Something about an older episode, let's talk about that. Yes. Um, once again, it's bandsintown.musicbizweeklypodcast.com. That might sound like a mouthful, but That's it's easy. easier than it's easier than the full URL that we would have had to give you. Um, so once again, huge shout out. Thank you to Bruce Hypot, Bands in Town for all you do. Thank you to our su- supporters, um, bandzoogle.com, discmakers.com. We appreciate everything you do every month for us. And uh, that's it. We'll see everybody next week.
1: Visit DiscMakers.com to place an order for 100 or more CDs. And when you check out, use promo code FREEBIZ and get free shipping up to a $150 value. Do you have a Spotify playlist? Join our directory of playlists. We want to send you music. Submit your playlist today at SubmitYourPlaylist.com. Voices for Music Biz Weekly provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by jessicamarsvoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.